Hey, what's up, I hate music fans? I too hate music. In fact, I hate it so much that I do a little podcast called Sonic Cloth. The concept is pretty simple. It's just myself and sometimes a musical guest spending each episode taking the listener down a different rabbit hole of deep music. My goal with the podcast is basically to be as musically wide-ranging as possible. So I've got episodes on US black metal, ecstatic music, 90s electronica, and explorations into record labels that I love like The Flenser, The Numera Group, and I Void Hanger. So if you're into deep listening and don't mind a bit of a longer format, subscribe to the Sonic Cloth Podcast and thrust yourself down the rabbit hole. Welcome to I Hate Music. Today, I have Daniel Lake, author of uh, USBM and contributor to Decibel Magazine. Daniel, how are you? Feeling great. Good. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Good to see you. Um, So for those who aren't familiar, can you give us just a little brief rundown of who you are and what you do? I know that obviously the center of of attention towards you lately has been the USBM book. Uh, can you expand a little bit on that and your involvement with Decibel? Sure. So uh, in about the end of 2011 into 2012 was when I, I first got in touch with Albert Mudrian at, at Decibel Magazine. And mm-hmm. um, he, he checked out some writing I had been doing up to that point and uh, said, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let, let's get you in here and, and do a review or two kind of a thing. It was nice. just to okay. try something out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I kept getting, uh, you know, week, weekly assignments or sorry, uh, monthly assignments from there. And, okay. uh, so, so I had been writing for decibel for six or seven years by the time, uh, Albert said, Hey, you realize like there's no book on us black metal. What would you think about writing that? Wow. (laughs) It sounded like a great idea. Like I I was all in immediately. Right. Uh, I love this stuff. I love, I mean, I love all kinds of different music, uh, which is probably why I like a lot of us black metal. Cause I think, I think some people who are, who are pickier uh, tend not to be, you know, super, into just U.S. black metal, they tend to be right. super into just something else that's not that. Yes, um, uh huh. I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, I, I started, you know, interviewing people and just trying to compile all the all the stories I was getting and, and mm-hmm. find some way to, uh, you know, put a structure a book around it. 
Uh, and yeah. I never figured that out, which is why this thing exists the way it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Um, that's awesome. I mean, what an opportunity to, for you yeah. to jump from, from the magazine to a book. Um, and the book is beautiful. It's, it's fantastic. I actually have been reading it on and off for the last few months and finally, finally finished um, over the Christmas break. I read from that's, front to that's back. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I just talked to a guy uh, last week uh, who he got the book and he knew he was like going to talk to me a little bit. So he, I think he read the book in like four or five days. Oh, and, yeah. and he told me like, it, like it was by the end, like he was less interested and it felt like it was just a bunch <laughs> of interviews and he got really tired and okay. like exhausted. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You shouldn't read it like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, a lot of people I've talked to are like, oh, I skipped, you know, over certain bands that I didn't really care for or whatever, which makes sense. But I really wanted to get a feel for the entire work. You know, I'm kind of a sure. completist in that way. Like, I want to know, like, I want to know what every band has to say, even though I don't really want to know. Like, I want to know what's in there. Um, and I just think it gives it like a better context overall but yeah i had to do it in like little spurts because I, I, yeah. I mean i was finding the same thing i was tempted to like go and read ludicra first go and read obsequia first um but i was like no i'm just gonna go from front to back and just see how it how it works that way and i really enjoyed it um uh, it was it's a really good read there's a lot of stuff in there i didn't know um on a personal level it was really nice to like read about friends in a, you know, in like an actual book. It's, it's just really fun. You know? <laughs> like reading yeah. about Tanner Anderson in a book. I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, I just love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, what an accomplishment. What a great read. Um, are you, is it one of those things that you may do like newer versions or like an expanded edition or anything like that down the line? I mean, if there's a call for it, yes. Uh, you know, there's there's always n new stories to be told. Uh, yeah. And frankly, there were things that got you know cut from this version. Sure. Uh, that yeah, we could we could we could definitely fill it out more. Mm -hmm. um, we, <laughs> we yeah, we had to cut it down. Albert was like, "There's no way. Like the thing you turned in is great, but there's no way it can get published. So we have to like because it was way too long. This. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. I mean, shit. Um, what is it? It's how many pages is it? It's uh, over 500 pages. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty hefty. Um, yeah, it's thick. So obviously, you know, Albert approached you with this idea, but, um, I mean, why does USBM speak to you? I mean, is that, is that, would you, I assume it's not like your main focus musically, but obviously it speaks to you if you wrote over 500 pages on it. Uh, sure. And, and I actually thought that when, when I put this, manuscript down finally i thought that i'd be like tired of it like just overwhelmed by it and not yeah. want to listen to that stuff anymore but i've got this massive like playlist of stuff sitting around uh and i i go to it all the time <laughs> so like it okay. really kind of like working on this like, actually kind of enhanced uh my enjoyment of it oh that's um, cool yeah. yeah so yeah i mean what do i get out of it i i think i mean i did not come to metal the same way that most other people come to metal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so like I certainly didn't come to black metal through the standard, like Norwegian stuff or even like venom or anything like that. Okay. Um, a bunch of like really low fi, like 
tin can sounding stuff got dropped on me by a friend. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I listened to it and hated it and thought he was probably a a bad person. Uh, but (laughs) yes, but, uh, over time I found things that worked for me, but, but what I was like hearing, I think at the time was like Zaster and Leviathan. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean other like, like non, uh, American bands, um, uh, I think so. Can I? T- <laughs> there, I don't know if I told you this already. There was a an article, like an end of year article, on the AllMusic.com website. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know the site? I I do know it. Yes. Uh, in at the end of two thousand six, there was an article. I don't. It was titled like "Beneath the Mountain" or "Under the Mountain" or something like that. Okay. And it was. It, basically it was an article by two guys who said like, yeah, you've probably heard the new Mastodon record. Great. But like, what about all this metal uh, in the underground scene that you haven't heard? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it listed uh, that, that was actually where I found Agalock. Uh, okay. Cause Agalock was the uh, ashes was uh, oh, the album okay. listed there um, alongside like uh, Gorgoroth mm-hmm. uh, blew it out the board. Um, Spectre. Okay. Um, anyway, some other things. So like that's, that was kind of where I really, really latched on to some black metal stuff. Because of that article? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I mean, it's, I think that USBM really stands out in a lot of ways. I think there's some, some bands from the U S that could never come from Europe um, and I think that your book really points that out in some fantastic fashion. Um, how do you? Like, were there anything? When, I'm sorry. When when you were reading, like, mm-hmm. were there any bands that you were like, yeah, I, I'm not going to care about this? Uh, and anything anything surprising came out that you you were surprised oh. to enjoy more than? Well, um, yeah, that that that's hard. I'm not sh- actually the the section on Nachmistium. Um, was more interesting than I thought. Um, I've always been pretty lukewarm to them. Um, I mean, that's just kind of a, that's kind of a drama shit show in itself, but it was just, it was really nice to, to read about it. Um, and of course, Twilight too, like that was really cool to read about. And, uh, yeah, I can't, aside from that, I can't really think of anything that really surprised me. Um, except for the fact there were some things like, I think it was uh, in the ludicrous section. There's some things I didn't know, and that was nice. Okay, wow. You know, uh, it was nice to learn things about bands I've been intimately involved, you know, with for many, many years, and be like, I had no idea. You know, that's really cool. Um, I really enjoyed reading about the bands I just didn't know anything about. You know, actually, and, and some of the older bands too, like. Um, I mean, I haven't really even thought about Vaughn and I don't even know how many years, but it was really cool to, to read about that. Um, and since then I've re-listened to some of the material. Um, that was really cool. Corvus Corax is really cool to read about them again. Um, that was, yeah, that was a neat section to write. Yeah. A lot of the stuff, I guess for me, just a lot of it was stuff I either didn't know about bands I thought I knew so much about or just revisiting bands I hadn't thought about in a very, very long time. Um, 
and there were other sections too. I just don't know a lot about, like, I don't follow a lot of like the newer bands as closely, uh, unless I'm friends with them or I've dealt with them somehow. Like, I don't know the guys from false at all, you know, so it was cool to read about right. them. I'm not hip yeah. to a lot of the Gilead media stuff. Um, you know, aside from like Crawlis, things like that. Um, but man, supposedly there's a there's a Gilead media uh, or yeah a Gilead media focused uh, documentary uh, out there. Yeah, you know, almost done kind of a thing. Okay. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. I just I don't know that well. Like I know Austin very well, but I don't I don't know Falls of Raros at all. I've heard them like once, maybe. You know, it's so it's it's interesting how it's just become so uh, discombobulated just because of, I just haven't taken the time to explore certain things. There's so many things to check out that, uh, I just haven't taken the time to, and I've been kind of out of black metal for a bit, to be honest. You know, it, I, sure. I go in waves. It's like, I focus on black metal for a few years and then it's death metal and then it's back to black metal and then it's death metal. And I've been kind of riding this death metal wave for a few years. So, you know, probably in two years I'll be like, okay, now I got to check out Falls of Raros. Yeah, a friend and I talked, I, this is years, decades ago at this point, but we realized when we were in our early 20s, like, there's too much good music to yeah. listen to it all. Mm -hmm. And and what we talked about was like, not only is there too much good music to listen to it all, but like, you can drill down into a single genre and there's too much good music in that genre to listen yes. to it all. So like... There's too much good jazz to listen to all of it. Oh my There's God. too much uh, yeah. good, like weird, noisy shit to listen mm -hmm. to it all. It's like, so yeah, the, yeah, I always feel a little bit inept. You know, I write for a magazine and have done so for a while. So there's this mm -hmm. sense that like I should know what's going on out there in the music world. And I'm always blown away because there's always stuff that's awesome, that's, that's wonderful that I don't know yeah. about. Well, and it's hard when you're dealing with a genre where, um, a band can pop up and record a demo in a month that's awesome and it's limited to 20 copies and only people you know from Baltimore know about it for five <laughs> years right. and then they break up or you know there's just you can't there's just no way to keep track of all of it um, yeah and I would also go to far as far as to say that a lot of the bands that aren't making good music are important to check out too because sometimes even if it's not necessarily good it's informing you of the context of the entire scene or the entire movement. Um, sometimes I enjoy listening to bands that I don't really enjoy listening to. It's just kind of informing me of like what's out there. And sometimes, I mean, Don always says this, but it's not that it's not that I don't like it. It's, I don't know how to like it, you know? Um, so I'm always trying to look at things and be like, why, why is this not clicking? what's wrong with me, not what's wrong with it. And so, sure. sure. So then, then of I mean, course I, that I opens you up to everything. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've talked about, you know, not being into maiden. Uh, I, I similarly, you know, that's not something that I'm going to reach for ever. Uh, that doesn't mean I'd think it's bad. I, right. I respect the hell out of like of all that stuff. Of course, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's just funny how, how taste and, and brains work too. I mean, I, I think, I think when we met this summer on your trip, which I want to get into soon, but um, on your trip we met, and I think I mentioned to you that I, I skipped over a lot of the like traditional metal stuff. I never got into Priest or Metallica or Slayer, or Maiden, all that stuff. 
but in the last few years, well, that's not really true. I guess like the last maybe 20 years. So like after the turn of the century, I kind of discovered Metallica and Slayer. And I'm like, holy shit, like these guys are really fucking good, <laughs> which is laughable, obviously. Um, but in the last three to four years, I've become like a Metallica nut. And I'm really, kind of, yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's really strange to say, but it just, it just, finally hit me in this way that it never had before. And it started with Master of Puppets. And then I was like, fuck, Master of Puppets is the best record ever written. And then I started listening to Justice more and more. And I'm like, holy shit, Justice is the best record ever written. And then I went through this rabbit hole of watching live videos of them. And now I'm just kind of like, Metallica is the best band that ever existed. And it just, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it like scratching an itch? Like when you started doing – like started with Metallica, was it scratching an itch that was similar to other things? Like could you, Kinda. could you figure out why you were digging it? Well, I've always loved thrash. Um, always been like really big into like Anthrax and Violence and Death Angel, Coroner, Creator, you know, things like that. Um, ever since the nineties, uh, late eighties, nineties, but the bigger bands just kind of escaped me except for Testament. I really like Testament. Um, but then I don't know. I mean, of course I'd heard Metallica and of course I'd heard Slayer. It just, well, for whatever reason, it just didn't really hit me. Um, but then it was kind of like, I, I love thrash because it's just like, it's a good time and it's catchy. It's kind of like my pop music in a way. And I think I just, I just think I just threw on Master of Puppets one day and just being like, okay, I got to check this out again and being like, holy shit, like this is really catchy. This is really well done. This is really well written, really well played, no matter what you say about Lars. I mean, it's, it's fucking amazing. It's amazing, amazing music. And then Rest in Peace, holy shit, you know, just blew my head off. Like, <laughs> so here I am, you know, um, almost 50 years old and discovering Metallica. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, maybe I can hope for that myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, man, I'm telling you, just, I don't know if, if you can get into like a lot of the, you know, Bay area thrash stuff. I mean, it's just, it's fucking phenomenal. You, you I mean, you say like that's thrash is like your pop music. I, that's, I think that's why I haven't enjoyed thrash. Um, because I'm okay with pop music being my pop music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and, and thrash does some of that stuff just kind of louder. Uh, mm -hmm. and it, so that it never really clicked for me, yeah. which is why, uh, when, uh, when Bungle put out that their, their most recent, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I knew, re -recording, I knew you were going to bring like, that up. I was like, uh, I'm not gonna, that's, I'm not gonna like that. But whatever, it's Bungle, so I put it on. I was like, I'm going to listen to it just so I can say why I don't like it very much. God damn it, I fucking love it's that record. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just all about it hitting you just right at the right time. And, of course, I got into Slayer, too. Um, but, you know, things like Maiden are still, they're just not quite in my reach. It's... Uh, yeah. I told you this this summer, you know, but I got into metal because of the darkness, the aggression, the violence, the subjects dealing with the macabre and, and bands like Maiden don't do that for me, you know, like 
Eddie is not an imposing figure to me. It's not scary to me. You know, it, nothing about it invokes fear or curiosity or contemplation or any of those things that I really need from my metal. Um, of course, you could flip that on the, on its end and say, you know, how do you get that from Metallica? Like, I, don't, I guess I get power from Metallica. I mean, I'm really into power, too. Um, New Cannibal Corpse is the most powerful record I've heard in probably 20 years. I mean, that's just it just drips with power. And I love power in my music. I love to feel powerful. I love it for it to, like, lift me up for whatever reason. Maiden doesn't do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to USBM, uh, if you were to, here's a impossible question. Um, awesome. If you were to, if you were to sum up US black metal in one band, who would that band be? Like for somebody that's never heard yeah. black metal. I mean, if you had to do it with I, one I, band. I, I, this is a very personal choice, but I'd probably go Leviathan. Okay. That makes, um, I think that, that makes sense to me. It's, it's this great combo of being like lo-fi, mm-hmm. but there's a weird like progginess in mm-hmm. the way the, the stuff is written and performed. Scarsighted. Even though it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 and 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 even even the older records, like mm-hmm. like they kind of sound shitty, but if you really spend time listening, like they're not shitty, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and it's it's yeah, it, it, it it's this terrible like like anger, but like focused inward, like like kind of shredding its itself. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah. Go ahead. Do you think that? Do you adhere to the old school philosophy that black metal has to be satanic? I like that philosophy. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it connects to me. I I love it. I love the aesthetic. Um, but no, like I think there's really cool music. And I think this is um, also an American thing. I think in the U.S., a lot of people – just don't really connect to the satanic thing. Yeah. Uh, at least when they make their own music, uh, it doesn't mean much to them in, in their own art. Right. So yeah, there are a lot of American bands that, uh, play, I would say that like, Whoa, mm-hmm. um, Chris Gregg, I, I, th- I think that stuff is like quintessentially black metal, especially the most recent, uh, full length that he did is very black metal, but it's not satanic. Right. Do you think that black metal can extend beyond the classic black metal sound and be any type of music as long as it is dealing with subjects of Satan? That's the argument I've yeah, seen posed tough. by people like uh, people like God. No, who was that? I, no, I can't remember. Uh, God, I want to say I want to say Alan from Primordial. I could be wrong, okay. but I've heard I've heard people say it's not about the music. It's about the subject matter. So sure, I mean, is ghost black metal? I would say no. No, I would, it's not. I would say definitively, fuck no, it's not. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, I think that's that's my way of yeah of kind of batting that down. Right. I personally, I would agree with you, um, but it is, I do find it interesting when these when these bands 
from the 80s and 90s are so staunchly like, no, black metal is about, it has to be this and it has to be this. And I find that that dichotomy between them trying to break free of all these things, but also putting on all these self-imposed rules is, it's very, very strange to me. Um, well, so I, look, I've been, <laughs> I, I've done like conversations with people about the book and, mm-hmm. and they've gotten, I, I don't think anything has been actually combative, but there have been like people with very strong views about how the, this book called USBM uh, maybe deserves a different title because it doesn't fit the description of what you, like black metal is that they 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 feel strongly about. Um, With the so some bands are included that would not be included yeah. under the yeah. black metal umbrella. In their so eyes. it has occurred yeah. to me that like maybe what I like did with this book, maybe what I wanted to do with this book um, was not just certainly not define this is U.S. black metal right. and things I didn't cover aren't um, and all the things that are here are. Yeah. It was more – I was more interested in like where has black metal gone in the United States? What – this black metal sound, what has mm-hmm. it – what has it – what has it given rise to? What has it mm-hmm. touched? Yeah. Um, and – and if it's seen through that lens, I think everything in the book absolutely fits. Of course. And, and, I'm, and I wouldn't argue that anything in here does not fit. Um, I, think it's, I think it's indicative of how varied and powerful U.S. black metal is. I mean, you, if you – even the casual f- person that didn't know any of these bands, just flipping through the photos and stuff, you'd see a huge variety of, of people everywhere from, you know, Vaughn to Deaf Heaven. I mean, it's, it's – huge huge differences there um yeah and i think and that's like i was just gonna say is you know is is mamalik uh a, a black metal band no probably not no but do but, they have they used black metal in really interesting ways i would say so yeah and i think there it's kind of a guilt by association thing too a little bit with you know some of these artists like um yeah. Like Mamalik, um, I wouldn't necessarily call them black metal, but yeah, they they use it as a foundation. Um, yeah, I just it. There's a lot about black metal that I find contradictory, and it's very fascinating to me because of that. Um, and that is one reason I like your book a lot too, is because it it really showcases how different it can be from person to person. And the viewpoint. So I'm not surprised at all that people are challenging even the title of the book. But that's what makes it so fascinating, right? It's so many different things to so many different people. Um, Was there, in retrospect, is there anybody that you wish you would have included that wasn't? Oh, totally. Of course. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Are we we talking Uh, like handfuls of bands or? Yeah. I mean... So again, to like slim things down, there were a couple bands that had to hit the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know they 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 were <laughs> they were ostensibly included, but but we couldn't keep them in the in the text, you know, right? With the restrictions of this, uh, you know, the hardcover. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, th- people because this book came out, then people are like, 
coming at me and turning me on to like really cool stuff that oh, I shit. had not yeah. been aware of. And it's like, whoa, crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're think right. About this, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, and you know, the, I, I, I think, uh, the, the last real section, uh, in this book is pretty anemic. Uh, it's the, the black twilight circle section. Okay. Um, yeah, I love and I think that could have been way better if I had been able to, snag an interview with yeah. one or more of, of the people in that scene. And that, that never happened. Yeah. Anyway, it didn't strike me as being lacking. Um, but I know what you mean. Um, I think black twilight, I mean, the whole thing could, it could be chapters on black twilight. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, I, but I thought it was a great, a great way to end the book because I feel like in so many ways, they're kind of the future of black metal in America. Yeah. Um, and what they're doing is so fascinating and they're, they're taking so many of those traditions and but putting their own spin on it and leaving so many others in the dust. And yeah. I mean, bands like Volon, it's just, it's next level, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really like that. I know what you're saying, but I also think it was, was really well done and I was glad to see it included. It, it's okay. so different to me than us black metal in my mind that I, it didn't even occur to me it would be in the book until it was. And I'm like, well, yes, duh. Like, of course it's here. But it just didn't even occur to me. There's, there's also uh, a pretty small, uh, pretty like under the radar uh, kind of black noise scene uh, that I really wanted to include. Mm -hmm. um, but that it just it didn't really fit. And the one interview I really wanted to get uh, – uh, di didn't happen because uh, the guy I wanted to talk to, he, he, you know, he and I were sending emails back and forth a little bit, um, and then he passed away. Oh and, no, uh, Jesus! Yeah, so we were we were wow. never able to connect, uh, and that that really bummed me out. Yeah, um, it, wow. you know, just to talk to him would have been great, but yeah, it, yeah. Um, okay, so conversely, are there any bands that you had to include that you kind of wish you didn't have to? I don't, I mean, and I'm not trying to get you to throw anybody under the bus <laughs> or say anything, you know, <laughs> anything uncouth, but, um, it's just something that's, there was a point in time where Don and I had talked about writing a book on finished death metal. Oh yeah. This was many, many, many years ago. Obviously we never did it, but we're huge finished death metal fans. And we thought it was around the time that choosing death came out. And we're like, oh, it'd be so cool to do something on the, on the finish scene because there's so many bands. And so I've, just, I've thought about this process before, and I'm like, that, it would be difficult for me to cover a band that I thought was either like really, really shitty or the people were really, really shitty. And again, I'm yeah. not asking you to condemn anyone. I'm just wondering, like, were there chapters or, or bands that you focused on that you just were kind of like, God, this is kind of a pain in the ass, or I wish I didn't have to deal with this? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I, I'm also enough of a journalist, and, and I guess for the purposes of this book, I put on the historian hat that, like, sure. you know, I, I, I knew it was there, and I knew there was a reason to to have those conversations. But, yeah, like, I, I, here's what I'll say. Uh, any of those situations could have been better uh, if the interviews uh, mm -hmm. had had gone well, but there were a couple of interviews that I don't know. They were just shitty interviews or, or the interviews yeah. like 
either they went sideways or um, or or the person decided uh, they were going to do everything like totally in black metal character, which maybe uh, that's who they are. I don't know, yeah, but it's also yeah. kind of tiresome. Right. Yeah, I can I can see that for sure. Um, what about your trip this summer? You decided to oh. do a road trip and visit. Did you, you? You probably didn't see everybody, did you? No, in, no, in no. The book? But it was no. it was a blast. Yeah, so it you, was. So I did it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you did um, like a month or so on the road. Yeah, it was six weeks, um, and I, I started. So I, I live in Maryland, and I I went oh, to I New York City that. first. I went through New Jersey to uh, to hang out with Mike Hill. Um, and Can you hear me? Uh, real quick, I want to check. Sorry, we maybe maybe can pull this out, but are are you still there? Your video stopped for me. Oh, you're starting oh, to come crap. back. Kinda. Can you hear me? All right, I can't. If you can hear me, you are totally locked up. I can't hear you, and your face is frozen on my screen. Okay, and so you took a road trip to this last summer, correct? Yeah, 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 that was a blast. I spent uh, six weeks uh, making a circuit around uh, the United States. Um, So I live in Maryland. Okay. um, And I... I drove up through, I was, I was headed to New York city first. Um, so I drove up through, uh, New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, to hang out with Mike Hill from tombs. Okay. Yep. Um, had lunch with him and then, uh, went up into, into the city, uh, New York city, the, uh, the people I got to hang out with in New York city were awesome. Yeah. And the city itself like I made some really bad choices <laughs> as far as like <laughs> where to stay. And like, it was as a first stop, man. Yeah. That, that wasn't great. It was pretty <laughs> shitty. It was pretty awful. Really? Um, oh, that's yeah. I planned to stay. I actually planned to stay in the city for three nights. Um, after one night I left. Oh no. <laughs> I had, Wow. Yeah, I had well. I mean, I had seen every person uh-huh. in the city that I had hoped to meet up with. Right. Um, so that you know that was good, but uh, not, the accommodations were like I. I mean, I, I'm doing this on a, on a public school teacher's salary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like again, first stop out of the gate, I was I was worried about spending too much money on this trip, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I kind of, I skimped on sure. you know how much money I was willing to spend, uh, and it turns out that if you want to stay in Brooklyn, skimping is probably a poor choice. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and I yeah I was in a you know I was stuck in a basement with like four beds, one of them broken, and uh, a, a, a subterranean bathroom with no working light. Okay, um, yeah. So. Whatever. And I also like the entire time thought I might be parked illegally because right. the, the markings on the roads were, were not super clear. Uh, and so literally for like, I, I don't 24 plus 
almost 30 hours maybe i i i i, I worried that like i could get towed at any yeah, time and the, oh my god yeah uh, and you know all my shit like like it was the beginning of the trip everything right. for the entire trip was in that car yeah um and Ugh. whatever like it all turned out fine right yeah yeah what a great scene that is though the new york scene i mean in in that way <laughs> oh my god it's yeah. a great great way to start the trip yeah uh, so where'd you go from there so I, I, I headed to Connecticut mm-hmm. um, to uh, get a, some dinner with um, with Paul Ledney yeah. from Pro Fanatica. Uh-huh. Uh, and then headed west. Um, uh, I knew some people in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, in Indianapolis, um, headed up through Chicago, uh, met up with John Rosenthal, yep. uh, who I guess you, you talked to recently, right? You guys did a podcast with him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, us as an Agalock. Yeah, we did a podcast oh, with right, John. Yes. Yep. Sorry, yeah, Agalock, yeah. yeah, John. Um, I've known John forever. It feels yeah. like, I mean, yeah. When And we talk now and then for different reasons. But uh, yeah, yeah, John and I go way back. So yeah, good guy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I, I did not spend much time in Chicago. That, that could have been cooler if I had spent more time there. But um, yeah, headed up into um, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, saw the, the the home of Gilead Media, uh-huh. uh, which was a great time. Yeah, uh, then, you know Minnesota, and hung out with Tanner Anderson and Austin Lund. Yep, um, and then then this big stretch. Yeah. like I had like a week, <laughs> a week where I saw nobody. nobody. Yeah, uh, it was just me on the road. Uh, it was, oh man, that was occasionally scary and incredible. Like when I was driving through North Dakota, yeah. uh, you know, at night and I worried like at any moment, like, you know, who knows, like something could go wrong with the car. Oh, yeah. There's nobody out. Nope. Here. That's yeah. That's how I grew up, man. L- living in, uh, yeah. growing up in Montana. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's desolate. It's very, very yeah. desolate. Uh, I made a, a stop in Bozeman cause I felt like I had to you have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was cool. It was a that was a, a neat a neat place. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Kind of out in the, it felt like you know to me an Easterner felt like it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. You got this like this bustling yep. uh, uh, shopping district, mm-hmm. like main drag kind of a thing. Yep, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, hung out in Seattle with some people. Hung mm-hmm. out in in Portland uh, mm-hmm. uh, with with you and, and some other people and uh, went to San Francisco cause my brother lives there. Nice. Uh, uh, spent some time there and then I booked it. I had like, I had like three or four days to get from San Francisco to San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Um, that's not a short drive. No, it's not. No. <laughs> so like I didn't have time to stop. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, because uh, a guy I know in San Antonio had gotten us, uh, tickets, uh, for the first the first uh, metal show I had been to since uh, the pandemic started. Oh wow! Okay, what was it? Uh, it was uh, Hod played. Oh, sorry, not. Uh, yeah, no, Hod. Yeah, Hod. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so uh, one or two of the guys uh, from uh, the the older band Thornspawn. I don't know uh, that either. Playing hard. Uh, I mean, they're like a San Antonio, Texas, like uh, kind of staple. Okay, yeah, I'm um, familiar. And uh, so that was that was a cool show. That was mm-hmm. fun to be at. Um, 
And uh, as I drove, as I, as I, yeah, as I drove through Texas, I actually passed through uh, like a a border checkpoint, uh, which I did not expect to do. Uh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like El Paso and Juarez are like kind of on top of right. each other. Yeah. Um, and so when I, I kind of passed through that area, I, I don't think I crossed and I, I didn't cross a border, mm-hmm. um, but the checkpoints are like, like a little removed from where the borders are. So right. the, the road I was on passed through that. So that was cool. Um, I hit new Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, hung out with two guys, uh, from goat whore, uh, at, at a bar called the goat, which perfect. Yep. It's perfect. Yep. Totally. Oh, I also... Yeah, like I, I went to the uh, National Museum of Funeral History okay. uh, on the same day that I hung out with Mike Ford from Black Funeral. Like, there's yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a really great like moment. That's that's amazing. Yeah, Mike. Oh man, Mike Ford. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he and I used to talk quite a bit in the '90s. Um, yeah. yeah, that guy's a trip. That guy is a trip. Yeah, man. totally. Yeah. Yeah, Goat Whore too. Shit. I mean, Sammy, the same thing. Sammy and I go way back, but I haven't talked to him in like fucking forever. Um, Man, that dinner was incredible. Like like he and Ben just kind of like threw down story after story yeah, after story. That's, man, that's, that's the greatest. That's, that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is because those stories that people have are just amazing. And I used to hear them a lot when I was touring and obviously pre-COVID and obviously like when I was in Agaloc, you know, you'd travel the world and hear these just like amazing stories of these people and places. And yeah, I'm, I miss those stories for sure. Aesop has, yeah. he's just oh. fucking, it's just like, he's, Man, he's when, a when, I, when I hung out with, uh, I hung out with Aesop and, uh, Andrew Corson and, and Justin Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, who else was there? I feel like, Oh, and Avinash uh, Mitter oh, was there. I love Avinash. Yeah, and he's great. Like those guys sitting at a table, I didn't have to talk. Yeah, man, I know. like they were just, just things were just flying. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I went down to I guess maybe not the last time I was in Oakland, but anyway, a few years ago I went down there with a friend. And usually when I'm traveling, it's something to do with music. This was just purely just a visit, and. We went to this little pub in, I think it was in East Oakland somewhere, and it was Aesop, um, Shelby, uh, Shelby Cobras, and uh, Lorraine Rath, and Jessica Way from Worm. Um, gosh, some other people too. Oh, some people from Nuthgrush were there. Um, and then it was uh, Marissa from Repulsion and Creighton. It was just, it was a room full of like grindcore, death metal, black metal, like Illuminati basically. And it was the same thing. It's just like, I was sitting there with Aesop and Shelby and I couldn't get a word in, you know, it was like, (laughs) just, and why I was just listening to all these amazing stories and all these people were like talking about recordings and tours and, uh, and like, and Marissa is a total gem. Like she's just amazing. Do you know Marissa at all? That's awesome. No, I haven't. No, I've met Marissa. Yeah. She's amazing. But yeah, like. I had my own little, my own little USBM black metal tour <laughs> over that weekend. It was fantastic. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's so much fun to like, uh, you know, spend time. I know people say like, like don't meet your heroes. Like that's, that's bad news. Yeah. Don't do it. But, but it's, you know, when, when these people are, you know, they're just, 
they're just people living their lives and and they have experiences that, that you don't have. Yeah. Sitting down and, and hanging out and, and and swapping stories, it's man, it's it's really it it feels great. I don't, I don't have that, that opportunity all that often. Yeah, so. it is. I mean, and you know, I think, I think metal gets a reputation of having a lot of bad people involved with it, which I think is, you know, somewhat deserved obviously, but I think it's, you know, very exaggerated as well. And I, I can't tell you how many just amazing and very sweet people I've met, you know, through extreme metal. Um, so I, I, you know, I relish those opportunities. Like whenever something like that comes up, I'm, I try to take it, you know, I want to hang out with people. I want to, I want to meet people like, like Avinash. Like I never would have known Avinash if it wasn't for Aesop. And then I met Avinash. He's like, he's like the coolest guy ever. And just amazing. You know? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I love stuff like that. Um, do you feel like through this process of writing this book and especially after like traveling and seeing these people, do you feel like this has become like more than just a book and, and kind of like a, uh, I don't know the right word, but like, um, like you've made friendships because of this. Yeah. So Sean Frazier, who also writes for Decibel, Mm -hmm. he asked me that question, like, I think like right after I, or right as I was finishing the book, he Mm -hmm. said, like, do you think you've, you know, made friends through this? And it took me off guard because I really had just been doing interviews. Like, right. like I, I didn't, I, I guess I expect that most people I contact for interviews are just like, yeah, man, sure. I'll do the interview kind of thing. Right. Um, and, and they're probably not looking for anything, anything more interesting than that. Sure. Uh, you know, they've got their own lives, their own friends. Um, but yeah, you're right. After traveling, uh, yeah, I, I made friends yeah. and, you know, people who we live so far apart that, you know, we're, we're not going to hang out that often, but when we're in the same area, like, yeah, I would love to, you know, yeah. th- these, these are people who I would love to be around. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, and because of that, do you look at the book now differently than when you did, or I guess what I'm trying to say is like, are there things that surprised you about the book or the process of doing the book? And like, do you look at the book differently now than you did like when you started? I mean, yes, that's actually, that's, that's hard because to me, it's like, it's not that it started and I felt one way. And then by the end I, I felt differently because it was a, it was a, a process of, of making it. I guess I, I, I also thought that I would find, I, I thought I would find something coalescing in the book. Yeah. Like as I did the work, as I talked to more people, I would see a scene coalesce right. and that would be what the book became. And I, I never saw that. I feel like so many of these people uh, are like, we're doing things on their own or with very small groups separate from, yeah. you know, anything else that, uh, yeah, it, it just, it, it's kind of so piecemeal, which is why the, the structure still is just kind of like, here's a band and then here's a band right. and then here's yeah. a band. Yeah. It's not really a timeline or anything yeah. like that. I kind of, when I first got it, I kind of expected it to be more of a timeline, you know, point yeah. A to point B to point C. And I think in the beginning, it almost kind of seems like it. And then you're like, and then pretty soon I was like, wait, like this really isn't matching up. Like. <laughs> time wise. I'm like, no, it's just, it's purely just like a, 
like a list sort of in a way. Well, and, and early on you have a few bands like one here and one there like trickling in. Right. But, but then, yeah, like late 90s, early 2000s, there's an explosion of people who are hearing stuff and wanting to like like throw their hand in like like right say their own thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um I think I'm about to the point where I have to start wrapping this up, but I want to try a little yeah, experiment certainly. if you're up for an experiment. Let's are do you it. ready for this? Okay. I mean, so, sure. So, I've got a copy of the book in front of me. All right. I'm going to open to a random page and read a quote and see if you can recognize who it's from. All right, I'm in. You ready? <laughs> Let's do this. Okay. You just look at the cover and be like, that looks fucking evil. I'll order that. I don't know. It's Don. No. <laughs> well, to be fair, that could be just about anybody. Um, that was uh, Sammy Do It from, from Goat Whore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, another one. Here we go. All right. I can't do that because that was actually a quote of mine, and that would be really weird. <laughs> that was purely by accident. <laughs> okay. I haven't thought much about the songs or albums. If I listen to them now, I'd just reimagine how I could have done it better. I think there would be a few decent parts and a majority of it that I would cringe if I listened to it now. Man, I, I didn't interview Jacob Bannon for this book, but that sounds like him. <laughs> Let me see. I'm trying to back up to actually see who this is. Uh, this is... Man, I don't know. Oh, uh, Tim Leahy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. One more. I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at this too. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote this damn book? Not me. Uh, okay. <laughs> now looking for a quote. Nope. That one says somebody's name. That's not going to work. Uh, nope. That can't work. That deal fell apart after I backed out of a, of a proposed tour with the would-be label mates Granville Isles Key in Europe in 2006. Oh, that's not, that's not Blake Judge. It is. You did it. Yay. <laughs> you win me leaving the uh, outgoing message on your answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> NPR style. Woo. Uh, nice. I do have one last question for you Yeah. Man. before we wrap this up. Uh, why do you hate music? Yeah. See, I cheated. I've heard, I've heard your favorite answer on this one already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have lots of favorites though. Why do I hate music? Uh, so I'm going to go with something slightly different than, than what I've heard you say before. Uh, I spend my time around teens. Yep. Uh, I'm a teacher and I spend my time around other people who like teaching or spending time around teens. So uh, I feel like I spend time with a lot of people who either don't listen to music mm -hmm. or don't 
certainly don't hear it the way I hear it. So right. it, I hate uh, that I'm so like d- deeply involved with the music that I hear and I want to like I'm so excited and I want to share it and I can't share it. I feel like I'm on this island uh, where everybody else has stuff plugged in their ears and I'm the only one hearing what's going yep. on. Yep. I totally know what you mean. You feel like an island. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I had literally had a student say to me today, she said, I can't really listen uh, to music because it all just starts to sound the same. And I was like, wait, 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 you mean music like all music? She was like, yeah, I don't really listen to I can't really listen to music. Wow. Like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, I think she needs to hear some Havo Hedge. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Well, awesome, man. It was great to have you on. Thank you so much. Um, if people want to buy the book, what's the best way to do that? So, uh, people in the U S, uh, can buy the book most easily through uh, decibelmagazine.com. Okay. Um, and people in Europe can purchase the book through the Cult Never Dies uh, web shop. Great. Okay. Uh, they they printed out some copies, and it's just you know it, that's in the the UK, right. uh, and so it's just cheaper yeah. uh, to get it shipped from Cult Never Dies. Awesome, cool, and um, yeah. Anybody that's interested in my stuff, they can visit earthandsound.org. I've got T-shirts, LPs, CDs. I've got. Official merchandise from bands like Confessor, Disharmonic Orchestra, Russell Gethy. I've got Snares of Sixes records, Dolvin records, um, all sorts of stuff there. I hate music merch. Down the- I just, uh, I just, I just re-listened to the uh, the uh, Moonbladder piece. Uh, oh, nice. Again. It's gorgeous. Thank like, you. There's really, oh, that's such a good piece. Thank you. I've recently learned that some people are listening to it on 33, even though it says 45 on the LP. So if you're listening to the LP, make sure to listen to it on 45, not 33. Although I do have my uh, one of my friends who swears it sounds better at 33. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. Whatever works. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, please buy up the rest of that. I hate music merch. There's only like a handful of hoodies left because once that's done, I'm going to make a new design. I'm really excited about this new design. Um, anyway, Daniel, thanks so much. Uh, keep in touch. And if COVID doesn't get us, I'm, I'll be at MDF in May. So, Oh, awesome. I have my tickets already. Yeah. So, I mean. Cool. Yeah. Hit me up. Well, yeah. Yeah. S- Satan okay. willing. <laughs> I'll, be, yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. All right. Cool, man. Thanks so much. Earth in Sound Production.